This episode of Brews and Cyber News is sponsored by Telplus Communications of Woodstock, Georgia. Telplus Hospitality offers the hospitality industry a cost-effective replacement for traditional hotel PBS systems. They also offer lifetime warranty with free software upgrades. Contact Myron Newman at 678-486-4842. Again, that is 678-486-4842. Welcome, listeners, to this episode of Brews and Cyber News. I am your co-host, Ron Swetland. Along with me is Carly Fink. Brews and Cyber News, where we solve the world's security problems one brew at a time. So fall off the wagon with us. On this episode, we'll be discussing the North Korean cyber attack on the Russian missile company and the cyber attack on Microsoft. So, Carly... Crazy weather we're having out here today. It was raining this morning, and then it was just sunny and bright and everything, and now it's raining again. I know. Five seconds ago, we were commenting on how pretty the day turned out, but yes, it's changing rapidly. So what's going on? What have you? Uh, what's going on this week? Long week? Yeah, uh, you know, pretty good week. Um, I don't really have much going on this weekend, so getting stuff done yeah there's nothing wrong with that so let's talk about this crazy this the north korean cyber attack on the the russian missile base so essentially um the state funded north korean hacker groups skarkhoft and lazarus we know lazarus from uh wanna cry and some of the other stuff that's going on they actually they conducted a security breach on a computer network of the Russian missile developer and its MPO Mishastoria for the last five months, or last year for about five months. Uh, this was reported by Reuters. So what essentially happened is the hacker groups installed um, digital backdoors into the missile manufacturer's infrastructure. There had been no solid evidence that any data was stolen maybe i don't know but in the months following the breach um there was a report and halt in the missile production at the facility um what what can we expand on with that carly what'd you find out yeah so um a gentleman named tom hegel from sentinel one uh made the initial discovery um, actually, in a pretty funny way, um, he was going through just a, a private portal that industry researchers use throughout the world um, and came across some emails that had been uploaded from an employee of um, NPO MASH, the uh, weapons manufacturer out of Russia. Um, and it, it was, you know, displaying some of their um, their like employee email conversations um and you know through those internal emails he was able to kind of deduct that the email signatures matched um and the malware used what had been used previously by north korea um i think it you know it's a really funny way how this you know kind of came out and was exposed um it also make, begs the question how much of this stuff is covered up and we never really hear about, mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, internationally. Right. I mean, it's huge. Any, any manufacturing company, it's, 
it's a huge it's 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 embarrassing um especially when it's coming out now and they're just saying you know it's too late johnny you know with <laughs> this all happened last year for five months and nobody caught it so and again we run into this thing all the time it's always something with the emails it's like seven times out of ten when there's a some kind of attack it's always through the email some weak spot that was there so like what else did you see there um yeah i mean that was that was it i i i'm definitely familiar with the lazarus group i know that you know the wanna cry and i think they have done some pretty notorious hacks on hospitals and mm -hmm. a pretty ruthless group um i i have not before heard of the other side of the scarcroft yeah not heard of them but i do it does show the priority that um north korea views their weapons um you know manufacturing on it, it seems that it was like an all hands on deck type situation for them to you know get in there and see what russia was working with right and it, it, it almost seems like you know north korea was um it seems like whenever they try to do missile drills and stuff like that it was always some kind of failure or whatever or whatever the tv wanted to show us at that specific time you know when i was stationed in the navy that's that was my my, my arena was the pacific so i mean you know there was a lot of stuff that we saw but you know, that, that kind of goes, it, it doesn't stop there. You know, we just heard about this because, you know, that was right, you know, they wanted to, to get this released. But, you know, a lot of companies, especially U.S. companies, there, there's an exponential increase in cyber attacks and manufacturing industries here in the United States, huge. Um, you've got these state-funded hacker groups that are targeting this in, these, this industry, the industry of manufacturing, because they want to cause disruption and then either that or, or completely eliminate the, the, the commerce that goes along with that. Like, you know, sometimes you don't think about it, even if it's like um, um, a, a small company uh, that might produce brake pads for one of the, the larger car manufacturers, you know, a Chevrolet, Ford, um, Dodge or whatever. If something happens to that, they're not producing vehicles anymore. That's a huge disruption. Um, if they're, you know, O-rings for water facility plants or something to that effect, that's a huge disruption. You know, we've got we've got several great manufacturing groups even here in in the uh, Cherokee County area here in Georgia. And you know, if any one of those gets hit, you know, we had uh, what was a couple years ago, or I think it was. Uh, there's a chicken plant that's here, and they got hit because of the the larger company that was in Australia or whatever. So I mean, it's huge. Um, we're we're at the point now where um, it doesn't matter how how big or small or what you're producing or whatever manufacturing that that's that's the new weapon of choice that these hackers are going after is to come and just destroy any kind of commerce that we that can happen because it may not be you know well that's not a military type thing well let's go back to the brakes they have to have brakes in order to bring the parts to the manufacturer to that delivers the stuff you've got like a, a boeing or northrop grumman or any of these that need to bring these things well if they don't have the equipment to do that anymore you've just you know domino affected that and now 
there's no commerce. Um, it's, it's the days of having in-house or even outsourced IT, just your, your, your provider, that solution, it's not enough anymore. They're, they're, they're able to handle your daily operations, but sometimes, unfortunately, and it's not a, it's not a stab against you know, our, our IT friends or anything, anything to that effect, where it's sometimes they don't have the adequate skill set to actually even know what's looking to look for. They may not have the tools to do that. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, we say that pretty much every podcast is find a good, reputable cybersecurity firm in your area. Just talk to them at least. You know, some, most of them are just going to say, hey, we'll just do a baseline security. It's, you know, a complimentary type thing. And just kind of look at the top layer before we go in there and start peeling those, those uh, layers back of the onion. Because you may get a portion of that onion that's rotten and, hey, let's take care of this now because you don't want to do it. So I, I, I always use kind of this scenario where it's um, you're a restaurant owner and your, your chefs are your IT guys. They're back there every day. They take care of the cooking, the, the cleaning, and everything else. Cybersecurity is going to come in there. They're more the health food inspector. They're not really there to make them look bad, but they're there to make sure that your customers are getting the 100% satisfaction that you're guaranteeing them to get. So because they're doing the same thing in and out, in and out, you're going to run into complacency. You're going to run into things that they may have not even thought of. You know, we may go in there and say, you know what, your walk-in refrigerator is three degrees off or it's not calibrated or, you know, you probably, you know, it's, it's not a good idea to cut raw chicken and vegetables in the same place with the same knife and everything else. And it's like, well, you know, old, old John's been doing that for years and everything. It's like, well, yeah, you can't do that. So that's that's all that we're there. We're, we're, we're there to actually make your IT solution look better because at the end of the day, whoever hires us, you're the hero. You're the hero that said, you know what, I actually care about my facility. You know, and that's that's the huge thing. And that that's what we're trying to get with a lot of the manufacturing industries because those are at such great risk you know we've seen so many where we go in there we do these security assessments and the the equipment's very outdated and and it's just it's it's a mess so you know again not there to look make the it look bad actually when we come in there and stuff and do those kinds of things by the time everything's done their job actually gets easier and you're secure at the same time but you know, when it comes to that manufacturing and pretty much any kind of business out there, you know, one of the things that at Bruise and Cyber News we kind of push is we recommend doing at least a quarterly full penetration test. Um, in the middle, you're doing constant, constant security updates. You know, Microsoft tries their best to constantly push out updates. The, the days of being three versions behind, you can't do that anymore. That that's archaic. It's it's silly. You it's it's a huge risk. Um, and you know, you pretty much talk to any CFO that's out there. They're going to be the ones that know about risk the most. So it's always just keep up to date with that stuff. Not only with your computers, but a lot of people don't realize this. We just had another one again. But this includes all your network equipment, your firewalls, switches, routers, gateways. <laughs> There's another one that with Barracuda Systems now. And you know what? I, they're great 
people and a great product and stuff like that. But now you've got something that's called the Whirlpool attack, where there's yet another access point that they found. And what happens is these manufacturers, they try to do their best to push these firmware updates to, to get these things fixed up. The problem is they can tell you till they're blue in the face. One, it comes back to the skill set again. Either one, you don't know what the, your IT department thinks that it's a set and forget type thing. They don't know to go through and do the updates and everything else. They don't know how to update the firmware. They don't know how to set up firewalls or any kinds of stuff like that properly. And um, it just, it goes, it goes to that. Just again, this, the lack of skill set. Again, get in touch with a local cybersecurity firm, somebody that's, that knows what they're doing, somebody that's not going to come in there and you know, want to recreate the wheel, but somebody that can actually work with what you got. And sometimes working with what you got really isn't the best practice. I mean, because that's part of that penetration test as well as going in there and saying, you know what, I'm sorry, this equipment's like 20 years old. There's, it hasn't been, that the company doesn't even exist anymore. So let's, let's do this. Let's come up with a plan. Let's come up with a, a reasonable budget. Let's get you get going and everything else. So um, one of the other things, especially again, talking about emails and stuff is, you know, we recommend a, a just a constant um, random phishing campaign. So you may have a couple people one week, you may have one person, you may have the entire company. It's just a random phishing campaign that runs throughout the year. Um, you know, unfortunately, people are the weakest link in a company, as with, you know, the North Korean hack. And, you know, people get clipped happy, they get complacent. It's like, oh, yeah, this is coming from such and such. Um, you know, again, that runs into phishing. That was another episode. But I mean, that's, you know, go back and watch that one. Um, and, and, you know, see what you think. But again, those are kinds of things that cybersecurity companies can actually help you with. You know, let your IT department do what they do best and get get a cybersecurity company. You know, we're, we're more than happy to come out and just, you know, at least talk to you and, you know, walk around, give you some pointers. And, and like I said, most most reputable cybersecurity companies are going to say, you know what, here, let's give you a complimentary scan, on, you know, base level scan. Because chances are, if we find something on the top, the more we dig, it's just going to keep getting worse. And those are what the, those worst things are what these hackers are going to start going after, especially with the huge target market that's on the, um, the manufacturing industry. So talking about all of that and talking about, you know, security risks and stuff, that's what's, you know, we, we're, um, you know, what's going on with this cyber attack from Microsoft again? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a, a story to follow over the last couple weeks. Um, you know, initially, Microsoft came out acknowledging that there had there had been a compromise with um, their uh, Outlook and Microsoft Exchange um, due to some issues with authentication tokens um, affecting you know some of our government organizations and you know everybody it was a big deal. Um, you know, then I think a week or so later, there was a researcher from a cybersecurity company, Wiz, uh, Sh uh, Sh Sheer Tamari, 
Um, and he came out and said, you know, look, this is a lot more severe than, you know, Microsoft is kind of leading on um, with these authentication keys. They're actually able to, um, you know, get into pretty much anything in the Microsoft ecosystem. Um, also including third-party applications that would use Microsoft as, um, you know, another way to authenticate their users. Um, so essentially, you know, what this researcher has concluded is that by, you know, stealing these signing keys, um, the bad actors were pretty much able to have access to any Microsoft application and um, any user. Um, you know, Microsoft since has revoked all of the, the valid signing keys. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's kind of a confusing story. Feel like it, and I think that is kind of typical, like you were saying with the uh, North Korea and Russia um, situation. It's like, you, you have this story that it, you know, normally comes out and with time and, you know, more research and evaluation, I think, you know, often it, it, it does end up being more severe than, you know, just the, the initial um, kind of clue that tipped off. Right. I mean, we, we first kind of heard some of the stuff where it had a couple dozen government agencies back in July and um, it just... We go back to that onion again. We we keep peeling back that onion, and it's like finding more and more and more. Um, you know, it's again we were talking about the the trifecta there. You know, this is a suspected uh, Chinese attack. Um, were they uh, another thing? It's state funded, and um, you know they. We we'd like to think sometimes that the government, our government, has the best security. Uh, in place to, to defend against this stuff and um, you know I we've we've heard about uh, some of the unfortunately some of the local type governments those are some of the ones that will stay a couple versions behind um, there's there's uh, not only that but again I'll, I'll harp a little bit on manufacturing where manufacturing We'll stay a couple versions behind, or we've got to stay on this specific, you know, platform. We have to have, we can't go past this operating level on like Microsoft 10, or you, you may have something that they're so old that it's like, well, this company that we're dealing with, it's an overseas company, and that's, it was built to be run on Windows XP, and it's like, well, okay. I, Find a different company that's that's going to be more up to date. Um, you know, again, you know, a good cybersecurity company. When you do that penetration test, part of that, and, and if you're not doing this now, you need to vet your customers' customers. You need to vet their vendors because if they have access into their system and they're not safe, you don't want them on there. You could have the 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 the, the biggest. Um, battleship and the, all these walls up in place and have the biggest platform but it, that's all it takes is just one bad character from you know a, a drink manufacturer or something that has access into your your system and then that's it 
So, you know, you're, you're vetting them as well. Um, you know, I know Microsoft is constantly under attack. They, I know that they try, they try to, you know, they, they've got teams dedicated to take care of these kinds of things. Um, sometimes it's zero day. Um, that just, that means it's like, bang, there it is. It doesn't matter. Somebody's going to get something. Um, you know, Google, Chrome, you know, used to get hit like that all the time. Probably do. Any, and, I, and now that I say it, it'll probably get hit again anyways. But um, so it's, it doesn't stop just with the exchange services and everything else. There was another one where there was uh, uh, attack on the Microsoft Teams. You had, um, you know, the Russian hackers going after that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's always just these big, huge things. And again, it, you can't, you can't be versions behind. You got to stay on top of it. These companies, these, these companies that you pay for are actually trying to push this stuff out to you. And you can't be like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. So, you know, these, the Microsoft cybersecurity teams, they try to get all this stuff fixed, but you know, it's to that company's benefit to take advantage of those security updates when they come up. You know, it comes down to the, uh, is it worth the risk not to? So, and that was thunder in the background. I don't know if I got that. So, what, what, did, what do you see sometimes there, Carly? Oh, I think that's spot on. I think any time a patch or update is released, it's safe to assume that there's a security vulnerability um, being corrected in that. Um, and I think, you know, it's important to also notice that if you think from a attacker's point of view and, you know, I'm wanting to get into a vulnerable system, I'm going to be also looking out for these patches that are released and then finding ways to find the people that didn't update them and kind of use this as a process of elimination. Um, I think, you know, just kind of what we've covered today is like you have two sides of the coin. You have this kind of state-backed um, espionage type um, you know, APT groups that are, you know, seeking intel and trade secrets and stuff like that. And then on the other side of the coin is, you know, these ransomware um, groups that are really just coming in and wanting to do anything they can to shut down your business and make money off of you. Exactly. Um, and I think I, I completely agree with manufacturing being extremely vulnerable. I mean, they're always top of the list when you look at industries that are being affected. Um, I think hosp hospitals, healthcare, um, state and local government, um, and then I would add in, you know, schools. I yep. think those are all very susceptible industries that, um, W could definitely benefit from just uh you know like you were saying just a quarterly check-in and kind of see what you could do with the budget that you have but just remain aware and um proactive and, and instead of reactive right i'll even add a couple more in there and people it's just, it's sad is a lot of times you know you'll have the the big players but a lot of these hackers know you know what it's a church what's a church got to do you know they think, oh, well, we don't really need any of that. So, so you've got the churches and then um, 
nonprofits is another huge one because it's like, you know, you might have a nonprofit that's huge that might bring in even millions of dollars a year. But with nonprofits, every cent, especially when it comes to grants and a lot of this stuff, every cent is accounted for. And sometimes they just don't have the, the wherewithal or even they might have just very limited staff that's like, well, we're all set. We're a nonprofit. So, again, you know, you'll have, especially in, in, in the community here where we have something, it's called the Cherokee Cyber Commission. And basically, that's a, a uh, community resource that nonprofits and churches and schools and any kind of government and really anybody that can, can, can question you know, am I safe or whatever? And, you know, you've got company or you've got organizations like that that comprise of various technology companies in the area that can help out with that kind of stuff. So, you know, there, there's that working for you as well. If you guys don't, if you're in a different location, you don't have such a, an entity in place, maybe talk to, you know, go, go to, go to the, the website and put in a thing. You know, we can... We're, we're able to, to find different things. You go to uh, CherokeeCyberCommission.com, and there's actually a, a form in there that you could fill out and say, hey, I'm in Cobb County, or I'm in, I'm in Cherokee, North Carolina. You know, I, you know, I think this would be something. And we can reach out to those businesses around there and give them some ideas and everything else. So, um, so, so use those resources as well. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty sad. It's it's sad when a church or a school or a nonprofit or or any of these things, you know, small businesses when they get hit, where it's you know the, the small businesses especially where it's like, you know, we we use all of our life savings to open up this business. We've been open up for two years, and all of a sudden we get hit with ransomware in the tune of seven point five million dollars. It's like there's no way on God's green earth that we're going to be able to pay that or even, you know, do anything. And if my customers find out about that, then I'll lose all my customers. So now my credibility is lost where you could just go to a cyber company. You could go to a Cherokee commission type entity or whatever. You could just, you know, go and listen to some of these podcasts even sometimes to get those kinds of hints. So what do you think, Carly? Oh, I agree. I think, um, I mean, what was it a year or two ago that Lincoln College had to completely close down oh, yeah. following a ransomware attack? I mean, they, they were had been operating for over a hundred years and yeah. couldn't bounce back after um, after the attack. Um, you know, I think it's common to you know assume like, oh, it won't happen to me, but um, I, I don't know. I think it, you kind of. It, it takes one person in the company to really kind of advocate for, um, you know, kind of raising some awareness around the security posture and, um, you know, realizing that it doesn't have to be a full, like, rip and replace of everything that you're currently doing. Right. Sometimes, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, sometimes I think it's even finding ways to better configure the security tools that you're using right. and making sure that you are getting the most out of that contract that you've signed mm -hmm. up for and pay for and um, maybe just finding a better way to kind of organize your daily task or you know stay up to date on the patching and um, you know firmware updates and stuff like that right 
So another thing that one of the things that we can advocate for sometimes is if you don't have the funding, but you've got a little bit in a budget. So one of the things you can look at some of the regional schools that are around you. And what you could do is you say, hey, I'm on limited budget. Do you have any cybersecurity students that might want to come in and just kind of like give us a look around or whatever and and kind of go from there? So, I mean, that's another avenue that you could do as well. Obviously, they're not going to have the seat time and, you know, the total skill set and, and everything else. But, I mean, it's something. It's something that they're learning in school, and they might be able to, to help you as well. So, um it's just it's it's all over the place um carly i mean what do you think when it comes to i mean it, let's say Car carly actually has she's a very successful um barbershop owner tiger eye in atlanta you know let's say you needed let's say that you weren't on this path and you just had there was a lot of cyber s type crime i mean would that be something that you would consider is to hire kind of like a student type thing that would be a cybersecurity? I mean, how would you handle something like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think about that a lot sometimes just when, um, you know, I'm kind of having conversations with friends or family, uh, real, realizing or reminding myself that, you know, this is kind of the news outlets that I've chosen to consume the most. Um, but if you're not if, if you're not in, in, in this industry or interested in it, it's likely it's not, you know, on the top of your mind. So, you know, you, staying kind of ignorant to the possibilities is maybe it allows you to sleep better at night, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's uh, going to be the best way to kind of move forward. Um, and absolutely, I mean, I, I think... If, if you're currently not really doing much at all of anything, you know, having a little guidance or, you know, some someone that can, you know, share what they know um, and then, you know, go find the answer for the stuff that they don't know. Um, I think that it, it will definitely not hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's um, the power of it. And, and it's you've got a fresh set of eyes looking in. Um, and it shouldn't be a threat to your current, you know, IT infrastructure. You know, we always say if, uh, if you're a C-level and you're saying that you tell your I director of IT or whatever the case may be, we're, we're having a cybersecurity firm come in. We just want to have them take a look around and everything. They should be excited. If they're squirming around and they're like, you know, starting to get itchy and, oh, I don't want to do that, that's when you got to start worrying because that means that they're not 100% confident in the job that they're, that they're doing to, to protect the company. And you know what? That's okay because they're paid to keep the company running on a daily basis. And it can be overwhelming when it's like, if, if you're a company that's got a lot of high turnover, I got to create a new user, I got to do this, I got to set up a new laptop, I got to do this, I got to set this up, or now we're moving, so now I've got to take all the computers from location A to location B, and now, or we're migrating, or we're going from Google to Microsoft, or Microsoft to Google, or 
now I've got to figure out how to set this firewall up. Well, I don't have time, so I'm just going to plug it in and just use the defaults on it. With that, I'm not going to even change the default username and passwords or any of that other stuff. Um, there's just, it can be very overwhelming. And to expect sometimes, especially if you only have a small, you know, one, one, two, three, four person team that's there, and each one of those people have specific tasks that they have to do, usually you're gonna have somebody that's really good at network administration. You're gonna have somebody that's good at systems administration. You're gonna have somebody that's good, you know, with the, the help desk type stuff. You're gonna have a, a good hardware type person. So they're all good at what they do. Again, you know, then you're asking them, I need you to do a full-blown penetration test on a company. It's kind of like, it's kind of silly to say, but sometimes when you ask your own IT solution to do that, it's like, we want you to go perform surgery on yourself. Um, so it's always good to get a second set of eyes, set of non-biased eyes to come in there and say, look, here's where you need some help. Um, we can help you with that. If you're confident enough, here's how you can handle this. You can do that. If not, we can help you with getting it resolved, you know, remediation, whatever the case may be. And again, cybersecurity is not, a, when it gets done, those penetration tests, security assessments, et cetera, it's just not a one and done. Again, you guys should really be doing those at least once a quarter. Because if you're not, you're just setting yourself up. And I, we always say, if you're okay with that kind of risk, then then so be it. But nothing is sacred anymore. You know, no business is, and especially when we've got to pay attention to the big players in the game, like the manufacturing and the easier targets, like the churches and the schools and the nonprofits and stuff. So, um, even barber shops. Yeah. You know, and it could. It doesn't even have to be. A foreign threat. It could be a barber shop that opened up down the street called Lion Tails or something. And Lion Tail doesn't like Tiger Eye. <laughs> so what are they going to do? They're going to go on the dark web and they're going to hire some hacker out for $1,000 to do everything that they can to make Tiger Eye look bad. Mm -hmm. So it's not always just a foreign threat. It could be something that's domestic. So, I mean, Carly, what do you think? You know? Oh, I agree. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of the stories that we read about on the news, you know, they're more high profile situations, you know, large, you know, amount ransom demands and, um, you know, but those are just the ones that make the news and those are just the ones that are reported. But I would say that there's a vast amount of, um, you know, kind of small little organizations that get hit and you know if you're a small business and somebody's demanding a thirty thousand dollar ransom mm -hmm. i mean that's gonna hurt it doesn't yep. even have to be this you know monstrous amount of money um and i think you know kind of peeling back what is going on underneath the surface on on the dark web is like I mean, you can be just a normal person that's going on there and for 500 bucks, you can, you know, g purchase some malware and just start trying it out, you know, wherever you find 
vulnerabilities in systems or wherever you find someone to click on it and you know more than likely it probably will be a smaller company that hasn't had right. you know the phishing sim simulations and the penetration tests and stuff it's they weren't expecting it and they wake up one day and have no idea what to do to move forward right especially if there's no disaster recovery plan cyber plan continuity plan if if, if those are things that you don't have in some kind of a book someplace on your C-Level's desks or whatever, that's a time, again, call a cyber company. They'll be able to, to help you with those. Um, you know, we've seen it. So we, we've been in the companies, and they don't even have the, the fire plan up there. It's like, okay, so if the building catches on fire, hopefully it doesn't, where does everybody go? Who do you call? Who's your PR person, et cetera, et cetera, so... You have any final words there, Carly? Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. That's it. And that's all that we have this week. Tune in every week for your fix of Bruce and Cyber News. Thanks for falling off the wagon with us. Until then, I'm Ron Swetland with Carly Fink. Having a brew with you.